Flawcast episode 137. Take your pick. Life is a matter of choices, and every choice you make makes you. John C. Maxwell. Flawcast. Get in the arena. Hey everybody, I want to welcome you to a brand new fun-filled triggering episode of Flawcast. As always, I am your host, Bill, and I am excited to announce and welcome my trusty sidekick, the man sitting to my right, Mr. Carl Tuckerson. How you doing, Carl? I'm doing wonderful. It's good to see you again, Mr. William. I'm excited about this podcast specifically. I'm always excited, but this one specifically has me in... Uh, complete and total anticipation. Well, as it should, it's going to be a good episode, and we want to once again welcome and thank everybody. Uh, make sure you subscribe. You're everywhere you can listen to podcasts. We're on Flawcast, Flawcast CLE. We're on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker. Uh, you can find us on Rumble under Flawed Inc. You can find us on the Project Mockingbird social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are on Gab. We're on Getter. We're on Parlor, also under Flawed Inc. Uh, link below to get a copy of my book, Celebrating the year anniversary of that book, Miss Heart of Man Repair Manual. Uh, link is below. If you bought one, please leave a five-star comment. That does help. And if you haven't got one yet, why the heck not? Uh, follow the link below and you'll be able to get as many copies as you want. And as the holidays are approaching, the much appreciated share and selling of that is definitely there. Our email is flawedincle at gmail.com. You can uh, send us a message there or you can hit us up on our social media. Uh, we'll be more and happy to respond there as well. And I want to sew into people. So uh, with things getting tighter and tighter with the perch strings, if you want to copy my book, send us an email. Be more than happy to get you a copy on the house, send you a PDF copy. Um, and I did want to give a real quick shout to uh, to a couple of our listeners, uh, Nick in particular, for the, the great comment. Thanks for the encouraging words of our last episode. We do appreciate that. I think that's all of the official particulars, but uh, it's getting to the second favorite time of the show for Carl, the patriotic 18 and a half seconds. Mr. Tuckerson. And everyone, place your right hand over your left heart and repeat after us. I, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, so we have a treat. I'm going to be experimenting with you guys, and Carl is going to be conducting the experiment because I have absolutely no idea what we're going to be talking about. So as you guys are listening, I just want you to know that I'm getting this information right as you're getting it. So uh, we're doing like a, a control test here to see uh, people's responses. But with that being said, Carl, the platform is yours. Well, thank you, Mr. William. Generally speaking, our podcast is a celebration of survival, as we've discussed. Yes. Today, it is going to be a therapy session. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I switched it. Okay. All right? And I'm sure you'll be able to feel better after we're done. I hope so. Therapy for the soul is what I believe this is. But this is why I needed therapy. <laughs> I was looking, reading, watching 
praying to pick a topic that I felt needed to be addressed for this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. The problem that I was running into was every single thing I saw and every single thing that I heard needed to be addressed. So we came up with the podcast title that says, take your pick. Generally speaking, something will jump off the pages and grab your attention or appeal to you, your interest, right? Right. It's becoming a problem when every single thing that you read and every single thing that you hear is evil, it's deceitful, it's corrupt, and any word along the adjectives that I am on in this family is where we are right now as a civilization surviving and living in this country, the United States of America. So my admonishment to anyone that's listening is this. Pursue your specific requirement and mandate from God. And how? I believe that when Jesus said in his word that it is important that I go away. Because if I don't go away, I cannot send the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Right? Right. So I'm thinking... That if I were alive in that period of time and I saw what Jesus had done in my presence, I would not have believed it would be possible that he's telling me it's important that I go so I can send you another. I would be thinking, don't go anywhere. I watched you raise the dead. I watched you walk on water. I watched you multiply food to feed thousands of people. I watched you be crucified and resurrected. Bingo. That's kind of like checkmate. Right. Power over death. Yeah. But he says, I have to go because I have to send you the comforter, the Holy Spirit. What is his job? To lead you and guide you into all truth. So when I'm preparing for podcasts, there may be 50 things that I could pick, but I only want to be responsible for the one thing that God has me directed to right right that only can come through the leading of the holy spirit because why he's my guide he's my partner he's my not only comfort but he leads me and down the right path which that path leads to truth so when we say take your pick what i am saying is anything i read if it comes from positions of authority and rulership and systems that have been constructed now needs to be addressed, okay? Anything that I watch, if it comes through any media outlet whatsoever, it's now been so hijacked that it is deceitful, evil, and corrupt. So anything that I am partaking in, Mr. William, we've gotten to the point now in society where they, they must be addressed. They must be talked about. And so let me explain to you and take you through the process process of how, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, I am now seeing things and hearing things. Can I do that? Please. I am riveted to know this. Thank you. I don't know if you've ever heard of our Vice President Kamala Harris. I'm not sure. Have you ever heard of her? 
Yeah, I have. She is our vice president. That's what they say. I was watching with my own eyes and listening with my own ears her at a press conference make a statement that said there is no crisis at our border. Did you happen to hear that statement that she made? Uh, not that one, no, but I, I believe it. Okay. Well, see, she was the czar of border control that was set up by President Biden. So it's her responsibility to what to know whether or not there's a border crisis. She let everyone know that there was no border crisis. Now, here's what happened. Have you ever heard of Ron DeSantis? Yes. Okay, and would you tell us who he is? He is the current governor of the great state of Florida. Okay, well, guess what happened? He caught wind of <laughs> our vice president's statement that there's no crisis at the border. So... He took what he felt was a crisis, and since Kamala didn't know that it existed, he took the crisis and sent it to her doorstep, her home address, on buses, okay? Now, how can you not have a border crisis, but then come out and criticize the governor for creating a crisis on your address, on your steps, and your sidewalk. If there's no crisis on the border, then it's impossible that he took a non-crisis situation and created one on your home address. This is how my mind works. Right. Now, what triggered me was not that he did that because I think that that was um, a maneuver, and I think that he had his reasons. I can't speak for him. But I will tell you this. I heard 15 different politicians on 10 different news outlets use this word. It is inhumane to send immigrants to another place from the border. Well, first of all, they're not immigrants. They're illegal immigrants. So my point is, you literally have switched the reality of what they are into something that would be considered legal, which is an immigrant who went through classes, who went through paperwork, who went through the process, who went through vetting. Those are immigrants. Illegal immigrants are the ones that walk across a non-border, okay, and then they don't come in legally. But I'm telling you, you this mr william i was going to go down that path and then i said nah well there's no such thing as illegal people carl come on that's inhumane are you are you referring to uh at martha's vineyard no that was different because now they're they're taking them to many many other places (laughs) on a uh, from a from an origin or a spot where there is no crisis. Mm -hmm. There was no crisis as long as it was at the border. But now they have a crisis at Martha's Vineyard. Now they have a crisis in Chicago where he sent them. Why? Because they don't have enough housing. They don't have enough places. Well, guess what? Then don't declare yourself a sanctuary city. Because the people that are being shipped there are thinking our governor because they're now being taken to a sanctuary city where they're not considered to be an illegal immigrant. They will not be charged. They will not be arrested. If they're arrested, they're let go. ICE can't come in and deport them. They're in a safe place. So actually, he didn't do an inhumane thing. He took them and put them into a self-declared sanctuary city. But in doing so, the sanctuary cities now don't want them. Then how are you declaring yourself a sanctuary city well all i have to say about that is uh, well played mr DeSantis. i agree yeah but then i said i'm not gonna do that 
I'm not, I'm not going to deal with it, even though it's a problem. But then, okay, Mr. William, let me go down another path. <laughs> okay. Did you contract the COVID-19 virus within the last three years? I did. Okay. Now, I will make this statement. I only know thousands of people, and that is no exaggeration. <laughs> I, I don't know hundreds, and I don't know tens of thousands, okay? It's probably between the two to 5,000. I've forgotten people or whatever, okay? Mm-hmm. But out of any of the people that I personally know, personally, and this is all I can say, there's not one person I know, not one, that has not had COVID-19. Now, I'm not making a false statement. I'm just saying out of the people I know. Based on your experience. Based on my experience and my relationships, every single person that has uh, stayed in my my contactville, right, Mm -hmm. they've contracted it. Now, some of them wore a mask. Some of them didn't. I'm just being honest. I happen to know that you never did out in public. I never saw a mask on your face. No. Some of them have had a vaccine. Some have had two. Some have had three. One had four. The truth of the matter is a lot of them had none. What I'm trying to tell you is I unfortunately went back into my archives and I watched our president, Biden, Talk about how important it was for you to get the vaccine, because if you get the vaccine, you are going to be protected and you're going to protect the ones you love. And then he flat out said on the video that I watched, because if you get the vaccine, you can't get the virus. Now, here's the deal. Did everybody in America forget this? Did everybody in leadership forget that? And they just now have settled for the fact? Well, Sorry. Did everyone just settle for the fact that, well, maybe the guy was wrong? I don't know, but nobody's talking about it. There's complete crickets on the topic. But the thing that really upset me was that I heard in about a half hour music block of music I was listening to that was actually on the radio because that was all I had access to about eight commercials of how important it was for you to go get the vaccine even after everything that is out there about the vaccines even after proving it isn't going to stop you because now people have been convinced to believe that yeah i got covid but if i wouldn't have got the covid 19 vaccine i would have gotten really sick Or I did get really sick and I was hospitalized, but if I didn't get the vaccine, I would have died. Well, a lot of the people that I know lived. And when I say a lot, I'm talking about 99 out of 100, which is the typical flu season with percentages. Mm -hmm. In fact, better. Why, Mr. William? And I'm going to open the door to you. And I know you weren't prepped and I know you had no idea, but this is just me going through my therapy. This is just me appealing to decent people, appealing to intelligent people to wake up, pay attention, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to see these things. And when you see something and you understand that it's incorrect and it's misrepresented. And then beyond that, it's intentionally deceitful. We better start using our voice while we still have it because the, the longer people remain silent, the easier it is to continue to silence people. So, Mr. William, I open the door. Well, I think 
anybody that knows me remotely is going to know my thoughts. I think more importantly, and I'm not deflecting, but more importantly, I think it's important that we direct this question specifically to our listeners. Um, I'm going to assume that most of our listeners are probably in alignment or agreement on one level or another with what assumption or prognostication that uh, you or I have. However, I think, I think uh, we talk about this a lot, like we were in the minority. Um, and it's funny because even now when you go back and listen to our podcasts, um, I, I don't say this in a braggadocious manner, but we, we've been right. We've been calling things consistently. I don't take any kind of credit other than I just feel like this is stuff like God's showing me. And so I, what I want to do is validate your point. Not that my validation matters, but you know, when we started to get banned and we started to get blocked, when we were calling what would happen in the 2020 presidential yeah. election, uh, and then all the way through all the COVID stuff, um, you know, now there's hard core facts that everything we talked about as far as the vaccines, as far as the masks, as far as the quote-unquote lockdowns, even even the subtlety in changing the verbiage. You know, we had a whole, es- uh, a whole episode about lockdown, and lockdown started in the California Penal Code because they had to lock down prisoners in a case of a riot or something like that, so they, they would quench the, the violence that would be. You don't lock down free men. You don't put unlawful mandates on people that goes against their conscience. So what you're referring to are matters of our conscience, I think, in regards to the line, if you will, that we need to draw and stand by and not cross. But I think more importantly, what you're referring to is the season that we're in is there is so much duplicity, there is so much misinformation, and there is so much um, just, when you say take your pick, my interpretation of that is there's 20 dozen topics that are pressing, that are of great importance, whether it be the border crisis, whether it be the COVID crisis, whether it be the oncoming energy crisis, the food crisis. I I would just read an article today that um, once the fall harvest tallies are going to start coming in, not just in America, but in the the globe, they are going to be woefully in an underperforming category as meaning that there's not enough food to sustain. So I'll, I'll bring it more narrowly in America. There's not enough food that was grown this year to sustain people. Um, you know, we obviously have a constitutional crisis, but my, my point of view is that America is in its death throes. Um, and, and I'm sure there's a couple other dozen things that we could talk about. We can talk about Any, anything your mind. The weaponization of the FBI. That's, is, that is was on my list. Mike, Mike Lindell, the whole thing that happened with Trump. And obviously, we have, you know, there, there's, there's a litany of political enemies of this particular um, administration. We could talk about the silencing and the quenching of the First Amendment rights. And obviously, people know me, know I respect Alex Jones tremendously. And, and there's a bunch of other newscasters that are legitimate newscasters that uh, have been villainized and that they are now being sued out of business. So their voice in a lawful quote unquote matter uh, will be quenched. 
And that's all by design. This is all being perpetrated. Uh, you know, and, and I don't hear a lot of people talking about this because there's just this assumption that this administration is performing so horribly. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that identifies any way ideologically in a political manner that uh, would say that this administration is performing at any kind of a satisfactory level. However, there's this assumption that this red tsunami is going to come in and, and clean things up in the beginning of November. And frankly, I think that's a ruse. I, I, I put no stock in that. And if people that are putting stock in that, the two questions you have to ask yourself is, have they or have they not been beta testing everything that we're talking about to lead us into this time of history we're in, which includes the manipulation and I personally believe the stealing of elections, whether it be the, the 2020 election. And you, I would recommend the movie 2000 Mules, the, the Dinesh D'Souza movie. It's it's fantastic. And I, I'm a fan of Dinesh D'Souza. I've read some of his books. I have several of his films. Um, this is an unbiased look at what factually happened during that election. Um, but we also see that even the last year with the, the gubernatorial races in California, in West Virginia, in New Jersey, the same exact thing happened on a smaller scale. So everything they do is a beta test. And I refer to this a lot lately, it, you know, the whole idea of lesser magic, the pronouncing their plans that they get, they derive spiritual power. And I don't even like using the they because it's so hard to, to you know, like you're talking about Harris and you're talking about buying and, and this person, that person. They're just a puppet. They're yes. they're, they're just a, um, a point of reference. Yeah, and if you follow the puppet master, and I kept saying, I want to know who's behind the screen. Well, I believe I know, and the who's behind the screen truly is Lucifer. It's the devil. It's Satan. It's just through the act of people mm -hmm. and the people that actually had more money, that bought more position, that gained more power. But the truth of the matter is the devil himself is the orchestra. He is the conductor. He is controlling it all. He's running it all. He's ruling it all through his children, the children of Satan. And what I also would like to say is um, the court systems. The court systems were set up for victims to receive justice. That's what your system of operation has done for many decades it is now being it's been taken over and corrupted so that it can be used as a tool of silence it your court systems are now used to silence people that have influence and so you and i can sit on a small podcast and you and i can do a, a videos that reach a very few people and the worst that will happen is that you will be banned from YouTube or whatever. But I promise you, the second that someone or something gains momentum and gains popularity and actually has a following and has a voice that can be heard in the mass, the second that that is achieved, you have now entered dangerous territory. You are now in a category where government agencies are an extension to silence. Your court system is an extension to silence. All institutions are used as an extension of um, silence. And that's really where we are. But I could go on and on about that. Literally, I could go over everything, every, every institution, every system, and show you the corruption. But when I came to this conclusion of what I wanted to talk about, this week with Take Your Pick, 
I'm going to talk about something I'm very familiar with. I'm going to talk about something that I came out of and am still in. I'm going to talk about something that I can speak with authority as an expert, and that is I'm going to talk about the church. Now, I could entertain conspiracists with a topic that they would listen to, and they would say, wow, like we did Project Bluebeam. People loved it. That That's great. Yeah, people really like that yeah, one. That, yeah, that's great. We could do that. We've proven it. My problem is this. I personally know people that used to listen to the podcast, this one, or in some way have an affiliation that are church leaders. And because of something being handled in a way that they wouldn't have done or something being handled in a way they didn't approve of that they didn't think was right. Okay. They have since quit listening to the podcast because of that brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ. There's no name needed to give. I won't do it. It's fine. But these are looked to be church leaders. Now we are fighting the devil. We are fighting demons. We are fighting spirits in heavenly places, principalities and powers of evilness, okay? We, as Christians, have got to walk with spiritual power to make a difference. Yet, our leaders cannot even unify enough to overcome a disagreement about a procedure or manner in which something was done, okay? There's no unity with brethren because of a procedure done improperly. But I'm not using this as example because I care or because my feelings are hurt. hurt. I'm using the example to show you how a strong voice must be a united voice. And we can't even unify enough to overcome a small disagreement about procedures or manners in which something was handled. Yet somehow we think we can fight the spirits of hell, but we don't even have the power to be united enough to overcome a small difference. And somehow we think we're going to establish the kingdom of God against the kingdom of Satan. I'm talking about entering the last of the last days. Matthew chapter 24, they wanted to know. When are you coming? What's the signs? And everything that he, that Jesus said was going to happen in those days is happening now and has happened. We're not really waiting for anything else to happen other than Jesus says, when you hear of the wars, the rumors of wars, disease, pestilence, fathers against sons, sons against daughters, uh, goes on and on. He said, you will know. But the end is not yet. That the end is not yet. That's grace extended to Christians to get their act right. See, I really thought that maybe that that was grace extended to the unsaved or grace extended to the corrupt. The reality is they've made their choice. When you turn your heart over to a reprobate mind and you become demon possessed, if you have turned yourself over there, you have made your choice. So right now, I believe there's one reason why Jesus has not come back to take us home. I don't believe it's because the Antichrist isn't alive. I believe he is. I don't believe it's because the system isn't in place. 
to unify the globe because it is. I truly believe when Jesus said, but the end is not yet. There's that little pause. That means church, children of God, leadership of God, get your act together, clean yourself up, get right, pull out of this system, this world system that you've willingly walked into, revive your spirit, purify yourself so that when I do come, that at least I can take you to heaven with me. I really, I really believe that. I, I believe this week with take your pick that I was being led to deal with this topic is that I don't want to pick the wrong thing anymore. It's so easy to cherry pick. Any topic that you or I read, we could put a podcast together. But what does God have us specifically to do? What issue specifically do we talk about? And this week, it was the church and more specifically, the leaders. And I can speak to them because I've been one. I've worked in it. I've dealt with it. I know the system. I know, and I hate to say this, Bill, the game. I know how it operates. And I'm going to tell you, when you hear phrases from the pulpit continually, like, God's got this. I don't know what you're going through, but God's got it. No, that's vanilla. Okay? I know what they're going through. And you want to know why I know? Because I know what I'm going through. I know what you're going through. Now, to just throw a blanket out there with a covering statement of whatever you're going through, we need men to rise up and to speak specifically about what they're going through. We need voices. We, silence is cowardness. God hates cowardness. God would rather you have you speak against him than to shut your mouth for him. He hates cowardness. Okay? The silence, the vanilla, the blanket statements from leaders, the running away from issues because you think you understand what church, the separation of church and state even means, and you don't, you don't have a clue. That's that that is a statement that is not even applied properly. If you think you don't only have a right, but you have a responsibility to speak against unethical political uh, deception and corruption. If you don't know, learn. And if you learn, speak. And if you don't do either, resign. And that's where I am with this is that I'm not concerned anymore with the results based on what I say. I am concerned with the approval of Jesus. I am concerned with pleasing him. I am concerned about the Holy Spirit leading me to pick the topic or area that he wants me to address. And I'm going to close by this. It doesn't have to be a long podcast to be powerful. I'm going to close with this. We talked about Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, correct? Yes. Recently. Yes. He was competing with the tickle ear message that was being taught in the synagogue. His message was a message of warning. The people did not want to hear it. They wanted to hear the polished speakers that were speaking tickling ear messages. And they rejected what Jeremiah had to say, as they've always done the prophets of God that are speaking, thus saith the Lord. The time that thus saith the Lord comes out of the prophet's mouth, initially the people of God reject it, and they reject the prophet. 
and he's ridiculed, and he's thrown out of his land, and he usually runs in exile. The truth of the matter is this. Jeremiah wept because he was rejected. His word was rejected. His family wanted to kill him. His family turned on him, and he was faithful to give the true word of God or commandments of God, and after he was done weeping, he went to God, and he wanted to have God tell him something that would just encourage him and would make him feel good about himself and stop crying. And I said it before. God said this. If you can't run with the footman, how will you contest with the horseman? Meaning that you're dealing with this now. And they're the horsemen. But I have greater plans for you in the future. You're going to compete against the horsemen. It's going to get tougher. But if you can't deal with this, how can you deal with the future that's coming that's going to be tougher than what we're facing now? And so that's where I am with the rest of my life and energy. Um, that's where I am uh, going in my, in my direction of thought, in my direction of prayer is that um, right now we're running with the footmen, okay? And very few are keeping up, very few professing Christians. But we, we need to focus on we're going to eventually be running with the horsemen. Things are going to get even tougher. They're going to get harder, and we need to be ready. You know, one question and one comment, and, and it's not so much for me to talk. It's just to kind of emphasize a point. Maybe kind of what you're talking about, I want to use this as an illustration because this is something that I feel like God has kind of put two to two together. Within the last month, month and a half, there's been a rash of very large, very well-known musicians canceling that have canceled their tours throughout the world. I didn't know you knew that, Mr. William. I, you, you're surprising me that you can keep up with me on my information. Well, it is it is music related, which I do have a passion about, but it's also, I, I digest this stuff. I just don't always share it because I want to kind of see how it ends up. But let me just read you a quick list. Um, the Pretty Reckless, uh, Chris Stapleton of Rolling Stones, Ringo Starr, the Doobie Brothers, Willie Nelson, The Strokes, Eric Clapton, Pearl Jam. You ever hear any of these people? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've heard. <laughs> uh, Avril Lavigne. That's another one. Brandy Carlisle, Rick Springfield, um, Midnight Oil, uh, Aerosmith. Aerosmith is canceling their tour. And, and uh, Elton John. I was going to say, some of them have actually, yeah, actually canceled entire yeah. tours. The Fugees, Adele. Oh man, the Mr. William. Yes. Do you know how much money a tour generates well, for a company and an artist? Well, I do. Think be, about that. No, I do because it used to be back in the day that people would buy records and they would make some money, but since most people stream now, they make dick. These people are. Think about this. You need to put this in perspective. Why are they doing this? Why are the venues that are in the promoters and the managers and the vendors foregoing? Millions, multi-multi. The, the Fuji's alone, like I, I would pay good money to go see the Fuji's, just because I, they're one of my favorite hip hop artists of all time. Why is that? So, just I'm not going to answer that. I, I think it's very obvious. There's a foreshadowing element in that. But the thing I want to ask you because 
this is something I struggle with. The, the, the last thing that you just said, I can't agree with you more regarding uh, leadership in the church uh, and, and the people that follow. And when I have these conversations, you know, I, it's always misconstrued because I get very passionate about these things. And my heart isn't to necessarily, um, you know, cause division or, or to be uh, a way of the kind of just throwing shade. But what is your recommendation for people that are in a, in a church under these teachings that are basically feckless? that they're self-help groups, uh, you know, and I will say like the Joel, Joel Olstein, that, that whole, you know, your best life now, I don't ascribe that to the gospel. I don't read anything in the gospel that says I'm going to have a great, awesome, perfect life. I read the exact opposite. My life has certainly been an example of that. What would you say to people that are maybe listening or know people that are listening that they can help and say, Making a critique or offering something of saying, this is the teaching that you're under. This is the, this is the denominational structure that you're under. And it is going along, and I'm going to use some bold words here, so I apologize in advance. That's going along and acquiescing to this Antichrist teaching, this Antichrist system of dumbing down, doling down, and lulling people to sleep. That is not actually speaking the true gospel. What would you say to people? Like, how do you wake people out of that, that apathy or that falsehood, because I know when I get in these conversations, well, my pastor is a good man and my, and there's this and this, and, um, I, you know, my, I have my thoughts. My thoughts would be, does everything that do they say line up with the gospel? But what, what would you recommend? Or what is something that, because I think this is a huge problem, uh, that isn't being talked about. It's just not being addressed. I don't, you know, my, my fiance and I are, we've been searching at churches. We've been trying to find a good home church. And most of the messages are not relative to how to endure and live a life as a disciple of Christ in lieu of what's going on. And, and Jesus used commonplace elements to talk about the, the Roman oppression of the time, the, the, the hypocritical Jewish synagogue system at the time. And obviously it was Jesus. He had the authority to do that. But what, what would you say to, what would your answer be to that? Like, how do you wake somebody up or how do you expose somebody to, Hey, this may be a good dude, but what you're being taught does not line up with where the gospel is or what, where we're at in regards to uh, these eschatological events that we talk about. Well, it's a great question. And because I uh, have been in that uh, right. atmosphere. Well, and, and, and as have I, which is why I feel yes. like you and I are great to be able to, because we both have had ministerial positions. We have both traveled and evangelized. We have both taught. We both, like you said, been ingrained in that. Uh, But I think God has given us the ability, the grace to be able to look at things in a different perspective or to be able to question things. Yes. Um, Uh, So how do you, how do you extend that to others? I'm going to actually answer the question speaking from the position of a pastor. Perfect. Believe it or not, I Perfect. don't. It's totally weird that these things pop up like this in my head. But it's like here, here, here's something that I noticed and was very uncomfortable with, extremely uncomfortable with church members. And I don't just mean local church. I mean if when I was traveling to churches or you know, banquets or conferences. Here, here's the thing: church members on their own willingly exalt a pastor. Mm. Like, 
I was not comfortable with that. I was I did not like that. I've always been the and you know this, I want the back pew. I want to be the first one out <laughs> yes. after church. Yes. I don't do yes. the that that was great. The shake and howdy. I'm not comfortable yeah. with that. So I can speak from the point of view of the pastor. And I can say, because it happened, that the church members who you're talking about and who I'm talking to, we need to stop elevating these pastors to a position of a rock star. I mean, truly, these these men of God that, that have like grown ministries, they've almost become like a Hollywood movie star in the view of the church member. And sure, I, that Christian celebrity that, you know, the, the, uh, almost like a Jesus Christ superstar kind of a thing, except they're not Jesus. Yes, and that's a big extreme example, okay? But on a smaller scale of pastors that haven't been noticed or they're not on television, even in a smaller congregation of 50 people, there's still this natural willingness of a church member to elevate this pastor into some position of hierarchy. And what I want to say is that each husband, each father, okay, I'm appealing to you that you are the pastor of your home. Like you are the mediator in your home. You are the head of your home and you need to fill the role of pastor in the protection of your flock, your children, your immediate home on a minor, minute scale, a small number scale. Embrace that role seriously and realize that God will show you. He doesn't need to show the pastor. Now, it may seem like I am like uh, making it as though a pastor is not important or it's not necessary. But if a pastor wants to willingly stand up and say, I am not sure what you're going through. Well, as a husband, you know what your wife's going through. As a father, you know what your kids are going through. So I would say quit relying on the pastor for what you're looking for to get some kind of direction. Get it straight from God. See, I'm I'm a here's here's my mentality. If God can tell you, he can tell me. If God can tell Perry Stone, Jensen Franklin, these are good men. I know them personally, okay? They're still humble. These guys are like at the movie star level of Christianity, but I know them and they're humble. They haven't been changed, all right? But if you are elevating the position of pastor and waiting for God to speak to you because of what you're going through, through that man, you have it all out of whack anyway. I mean, as fathers and husbands, it is our role and our responsibility to hear directly from God. Now, the only way to do that is to spend time with him. And the time that you think you're spending at church for 30 minutes a week to hear something from God through your pastor, it's not right. It's out of order. You need to daily hear from God. You need to daily be ministered to from God and minister to God. And you need to quit going to church to hear 
some kind of earth-changing revelation about what your family is going through. I really believe that. I just believe in personal pastorship of your home. That is your role. You are the head. And so my advice to that wonderful question is that if you're rooted in a church and you're comfortable there, and you're not getting that from your pastor, then I really think there needs to be an approach where you meet with him individually and you just ask the question that you want to know. Why are you not specifically speaking of the issues that every single person in this church is going through? And let him answer that. Because sometimes I I really think that the pastor's scared to offend the flock. Believe it or not, I mean, I've had pastors tell me that. Like, they're afraid or whatever to be too rough, to be too direct. And if that's the case, and that's an honest situation, one of the ways to resolve that is to let the pastor know, I want to be challenged. Like, bring it on. We're good for that. And I know my two cousins that come here, my uncle that's there, my mom, we want it. Bring it on. Remove that. If that's the problem, but I do think it is important for the men to rise up and to fulfill that role where you know what your family's going through. So address it and be the pastor of your home and be the protector of the flock and hear from God. I really believe that that is one way having been speaking to people in churches and I see that the way that they give this like unasked worship to the position and this elevation uh, that, that, that like somehow we're better, like speakers are better than, or we hear better from God. No, we're no more capable than Joe Schmo, the first day Christian. So that would be how I would answer that question. No, I, I think that's great. I, it, it harkens to me when you talk about change starting at the the molecular level, you know, like make, bringing it down to a digestible point. And I think I think what you said is right. It, it I think there's a lot more to it. We could probably expound oh, yeah. on a lot of That's other the things. Short answer. Yeah, but I think you know when it when it comes down to it, and you're standing before your creator, you're not going to be responsible if Pastor what's his nuts was doing what God called him to do or not. But he's going to ask you, are you, Yeah. have you done that? So uh, I think this is a good episode. I think, I think you should go and listen to this a couple times. I think there's going to be some meat on the bone that you may not pick up just the first listen. Um, I, I certainly will. Uh, but I, I think what I'm taking away, if I can summarize is that we are in, you know, we're in these days. There's no reversing. There's no backpedaling. We are moving forward. I think that the, and, and listen, I, even, even today, like just, I was on my, my walk and I was praying and meditating. And it's like, it's a struggle. Mm. Like, you know, it genuinely is hard at times to, you know, communicate with God and, and feel like your, your heart's aligned with him and, and just because all the stuff that goes on and then all the, like the crap, like at least in my mind and heart I deal with and it's a struggle. And, and I, I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if someone is truly desiring a relationship with Christ, that's something that he's going to honor. 
Absolutely. Um, it's and, tough for me. Yeah. I mean, this podcast in preparation, it, it was tough. And that's why I said we need a therapy podcast here. Yeah. Like, you know, we need to throw the notes out, throw the articles out. We need to throw the iPads out. And we just need to come in and we just need to sit down and we just need to allow the Holy Spirit to just take over because, you know, I know what I went through and I'm not unique. It's not just me. Right. It's all of us that are fighting. And, and in conjunction with that, a lot of things, and we've talked about this a lot recently, a lot of events that are happening are like when we were younger or even 10 plus years ago, like these are big once a year type events. And we're having these two to three times a week now, and they're going to do nothing but increase. So these things are purposely happening so that I think a lot of it is to discourage, to pull us away from our faith, to ruse us into just willfully handing over our faith. Um, but I, the, the other big takeaway, I think, is we have to be diligent. As Christ himself said, watch and pray that you will not be led into deception. His words reverberate in my heart more and more, uh, the, the more that we're in these times. Uh, and I think we we need to ask for discernment. We need to we need to look at an event like all these artists are canceling their concerts at and the losing, same time too. At the same time and losing out on collectively billions and billions of dollars. Why? Yeah, and, and, it's, and, and it's not just them. The venues, the vendors, right. the the managers, a, the, mean, the, the yes, the musicians. That, the it's that's a big hit. Yeah, and these people, mind you, these people have not been touring for two and a half to three years because of all the COVID stuff. That's right. So a big world tour is a big thing. So my encouragement is to why just ask like why you know like uh, we had an episode a long time ago when I was a journalist. Why, what, where, who, and how. Yeah. And you ask these questions. Well, why would these guys do this? Where is this happening? What? How come? The, you know, the, and just ask these questions and, and, and intrigue of these things even to Christ because he welcomes that. He does not shun inquiry. And you, you can certainly see that with the rich young ruler, uh, with, with different uh, examples and parables throughout the gospel. Uh, but I want to thank you. that w- This was a good episode. And I really want to, if you're listening to this, you need to listen to this again. Give it a little bit maybe a day, hour or two, whatever, and listen again, because I think that these are the seeds to spark change that if we don't allow them time to get firmly rooted and sprout, um, we, we could be glancing over something. And I don't mean that to, to lift up Carl or myself or uh, certainly this podcast. It's just I, I, I this is where we're at. Um, but uh, make sure you share this. Please share this episode where anywhere you can listen to podcasts, Flawcast, Flawcast CLE. We're on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker. Uh, we are on Rumble under Flawed Inc. You can find us on our uh, on the Project Mockingbird social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're also on Gab. We're on Parlor and Getter. Uh, there's a link below. Get a copy of my book, Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual. Uh, you can also find our email is CLE at gmail.com. Send us an email. If you have any other questions, anything you want us to tackle, send it there. Be more than happy to help you with that. More than happy to, to address those things. Uh, but that being said, uh, watch and pray. Mm-hmm.